Welcome to We Are Free. I am your host, Becky Morquecho, and you're listening to episode 47. This is a podcast about letting go of what we think our lives should look like and the sweet freedom God has for us on the other side of surrender. My guest today is Josefina Herrera Sanders. Josefina is a creative freelancer living and working from Tampa, Florida. She's a devoted artist, writer, and wellness advocate and specializes in the beauty of art and healing. As a Black Latina who struggles with depression and anxiety, Josefina's life's work is to encourage others to share their stories and own their truths. Josefina uses her platform, Love Offering, to create fearlessly, cultivate community, and celebrate the journey of life. As an art therapy and creative writing student, her hope is to inspire people to live intentionally, love others, and serve well through powerful words and meaningful visuals. And you do just that, Josefina. How are you doing? (laughs) I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm so glad to have you here today. Um, You guys, go follow her on Instagram, actually, before we start this. What's your Instagram uh, handle, Josefina? (laughs) <laughs> it's love offering. Love offering. Um, you're just going to find such beautiful words and such a beautiful heart behind it all. Um, you guys know I like words, but she, Josefina's words really speak to me and I, I know they will you too as well. Um, so glad to have you. Thank you so much. I'm excited to share space with you. Yes. Um, so people listening know that, that I like to write and like coming from a creative background, like it's no uh, surprise that like that is important to me personally. But Josefina, tell us about why art in general is important to you, but also why you think it's important um, just in this world, um, whether people think they're creative, whether people think they're artistic, like why is art important? Okay, so I'm going to like backtrack <laughs> to... Little Fina. Uh, So I've always been creative, always. Like I chose to read a book or write or rip papers out of a magazine and try to draw them since I was younger. I preferred that over kickball outside. Um, And I quickly learned that art wasn't necessarily a pathway for me to make money because my parents weren't they they didn't have much money. So I wasn't able to go to like boys and girls club and get into the art program or anything like that. So, you know, they just quickly shared that it wasn't something that would be sustainable for a career. So I honestly, I put art at an arm's length when I turned like 14 years old and I didn't realize that it was a creative outlet for me to cope with mental illness Mm -hmm. until 2014. So in 2014, I got engaged and my husband and I were planning our destination wedding to the Dominican Republic. And I like the sound because we, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can go there right now, (laughs) but because we, (laughs) because we were broke, Um, I told them, you know what, like I'll go ahead and I'll attack like our wedding invitations. So I went to the store, picked up a calligraphy pen and hand wrote 50 invitations that we were going to send out. And I had never done calligraphy before and I picked it up. And even in the midst of that wedding planning chaos, I was able to kind of find a little bit of peace through creating 
But I didn't recognize that until three months after we got married. So after we got married, three months later, we were changing jobs, location, and there was just a lot of transition happening transitions happening with us and I went through something I was very familiar with I was super depressed super anxious and the only thing that helped me was being able to journal out how I felt and immersing myself in calligraphy so I picked up art during that time and since then it's just been a journey of finding so much freedom and healing by again immersing myself into art Mm -hmm. so I believe it's so important because a lot of times we think about art and we just think about the finished process and we think about okay like I want to create this but I need it to be perfect but what I've learned is that there is so much freedom and healing in the process of that and allowing myself to unapologetically create and create without fear and just use it as a way to cope with what I'm working through. It can be, it can just do so much more than expecting perfection. Mm -hmm. And I believe that whether you feel like you're creative or not, you have some kind of creativity, creativity, within you. I believe that God has gifted each and every one of us with creativity and it may not look like the typical art, but the beautiful thing about art is that there's no specific way of what art actually looks like. There's no perfect way of what art looks like. There's so many different mediums. And when we allow ourselves to explore that, you recognize that. So I think the whole world needs to just spend a little time creating. Yeah, I totally agree. I think sometimes I struggle even being a creative and like a writer and knowing that process. Like when I sit down, I tell Jesse often like, and I was just reading a Anne Lamott book, a Bird by Bird. It's about writing and the process and like how you don't know what's gonna come out until you actually sit down and write. And like the process that happens like to you and through you, like as I'm writing, I'm like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Like that was going to come out or, you know, I was feeling that or whatever, but like, you don't know that until you sit down to do it. But I think the struggle sometimes is, um, for me personally, like as a one on the Enneagram, like feeling like, oh, well, that's not productive when in fact it is productive, maybe for a different category and more important, you know, area of your life as far as like healing and taking care of yourself. But, um, Mm -hmm. I think sometimes people might feel like, you know, I have more important things to do than like, sit down here and try to, uh, you know, create, you know, it sounds maybe too fluffy or like it's not as productive or like there's better things to do. Um, so I don't know if anybody else feels like that or if you can relate to that, um, ever at all as well. Um, I think that it kind of, it, it makes me think about self care. Mm -hmm. I think that we heard about self care for so long. And a lot of times we have this, perspective that, you know, self-care, okay. Like I don't, it's painting my nails and putting on a face mask, but I heard this, uh, lady, her name is Ro. She shared freedom is self-care. And when I think about freedom, I think about financial freedom. I think about, 
emotional freedom. I think about spiritual freedom. I just think about freedom in general, what that would look like in my life. And for the longest time, I felt that way. Like, you know, I don't have time to paint a picture. I don't have time to create anything. But what I realized when I would give myself the time to create is that I was also giving myself grace and I was being kind to myself and I was filling up my cup and I was allowing myself to experience um, a different kind of freedom that I kept myself from because I was just like so busy. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we sometimes glorify busy so much that we forget to live. We forget to live freely. And I am definitely guilty of that. I think that there's, there's moments where I'm like, okay, I'm going to create today. And then there's other moments where I am just filled up with a task list. And I'm like, okay, I can't have, I don't have any time to do any of these things. So I, I think it's, I think it can land with both. I think that there's moments where, yes, we are busy, but I think that we should never deprive ourselves from creating just because we think we have other better things to do. Mm -hmm. I feel like during those moments where we feel like I have better things to do, we should definitely create more. You're speaking right to me. <laughs> I love it. No, I totally agree. Um, you're just being convicted over here. Um, okay, so you mentioned self-care and how art kind of like plays a role in that. And I know that you've spoken online about self-care um, recently-ish. Uh, Josefina, tell us a little bit about maybe a few years ago, kind of your perspective, uh, your mindset on what self-care looked like, or just not even just self-care. I think that term, like you said, a lot of people think of like painting your nails and, you know, having a face mask, which is all great, but more or less like caring for yourself. And I think if we actually looked at it that way, we might think differently about it. But um, tell me what your view on self-care was a few years ago. So <laughs> I'm going to say three years ago, self-care, taking care was non-existent in my life. I honestly was working a full-time job and I, my husband is a college pastor, but during that time he was a, like a children's pastor, a uh, middle school, high school pastor and college pastor all in one package in a small church. Mm -hmm. And during that time I was helping him so I would work my job, then go and help him and serve. And I would get home, clean the house and made no time for anything else. But that like taking care of home and then like those were what my days looked like. There was no time to create, no time to like explore different things. Everything that I was kind of struggling with was put behind a bookshelf and during that year, we got pregnant and a couple months later, we lost our baby. Um, and during that time, I, because of how traumatic the miscarriage was, my doctor recommended for me to go on bed rest. So I didn't know what the heck bed rest was mm -hmm. and I didn't want to just stay in bed. And I remember like feeling guilty because I felt like maybe I just overworked myself too hard. 
I should have stopped. I should have, I should have like worked less hours. I should have taken care of myself during these first 12 weeks. Like what did I do to, I blamed myself for, for miscarriage and I struggled with taking care of myself during that time because I felt so undeserving and so shameful and so guilty um, of what had happened to us. And it was during that time that I started looking up like how to cope with grief because I never knew how to. I always put it at an arm's length, even growing up, you know, it was something that I ignored and I never took the time to heal. Um, and I think that taking care goes right along with healing. And I didn't know how to do any of those things a couple years ago. And I had to literally stay in bed and immerse myself into counseling. And I had to um, surround myself with people. I had to be vulnerable at first. My first response to like miscarriage, I looked at my husband when after like we received the news after I cried, I was in bed in the house and I said, I don't want anybody to know about what happened to us. I don't want you to tell anyone. Um, this is our business and we don't have to share with anybody about it. Now, <laughs> if you're listening and you have experienced miscarriage and you haven't told anyone I am not trying to shame you for that. I think that we all deal with trauma and guilt and shame very different. But I will share that for me a couple months later, I felt really convicted to not share about our loss. Because during that time, I felt like I needed to share something that people don't really talk about. Mm -hmm. And there weren't many people that looked like me there weren't many black women or black Latinas that talked about miscarriage. Mm -hmm. It was something that I, that was always kept private. And when I finally opened up and shared about it, there was this new sense of freedom and this new sense of strength. And it was literally God's power and God's strength in my weakness and even sharing that weak part of me uh, or what felt like a weak part of me. And that's honestly when my journey of taking care and really taking care started. Mm -hmm. It was when I started to open up about those hard parts. It allowed me to not rest on guilt, but to rest on grace. And I was able to open up as I shared and as I opened up about some of the things that I was working through, it allowed me to, okay, what's next? Now that I've shared about this, it's time to keep myself accountable and to take care of these things. So it was kind of cool because even in the midst of loss, I feel like I learned how to live yeah. and how to live intention and how to really take care of myself and taking care looks differently every day. So I have learned that through unlearning, um, unlearning that taking care looks a certain way that healing looks a certain way and allowing myself to be vulnerable and 
keep myself accountable on taking care. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all that. That's very powerful. And I'm so sorry you had to experience and endure a miscarriage and losing your baby. Um, Josephina, how, how do you, how did you in that season, how did you start to unlearn the things that, you know, that you thought were true? Like, how do we, how do we do that? Uh, okay. So a couple of things, definitely therapy, <laughs> therapy, something that we needed. Um, and that was one hard thing that I, that I like struggled with because therapy isn't really something that is glorified. Um, and it wasn't something that like my family spoke about. And usually they would just be like, you know, crazy people go to therapy. Um, and I had to really put my pride aside and guilt aside and shame aside to choose that healing for myself. And I needed therapy uh, because I knew that there were a lot of things that I was walking through that I could not fix on my own and that I needed help and I needed guidance, not just, not just, um, therapy and not just reading and praying, but like really talking things out with someone who specializes in grief and in loss and in trauma. Um, another thing that I did was I surrounded myself with community. I had to, I could not, even though I'm an introvert and I find so much energy by myself, mm -hmm. uh, I needed, I needed people because one of the things my husband says is that we're dangerous people when we're left alone. And during that time, especially knowing that I struggle with anxiety and depression, I was already anxious. I was already depressed. So spending so much time by myself was going to harm me. So I had to share, um, not with so many people, but I had a close community and I was able to meet one of my best friends through this loss. Um, and leaning on her and how she navigated through her own loss was a blessing to me and was also a step that really encouraged me during that time. Mm -hmm. And one more thing that helped me during that time, I started reading Fervent by Priscilla Shire. And it was just such a blessing to read that book during a time of mourning because it taught me to pray for the things that were so important. And it was like every week I would read a chapter and every week it was like the, like it was the very thing I needed to pray for. Um, so I was learning how to pray all over in the midst of grief. And that was a huge, a huge blessing for me during that time. Yeah, no, that's, I haven't read that, but I will add it to the list. Um, Josefina, how, um, I feel like right now, like a lot of us are, you know, in this season, long season in this year that everybody that we're in, like, I feel like I've seen a lot of and heard a lot of and heard myself say at different points, like survival mode, you know? Um, mm -hmm. and I don't think there's anything wrong with survival mode. And like, there are obviously things happen in life that, you know, as a response to, like you said, a traumatic incident or, you know, loss, like, of course, we're going to be in survival mode. But how do you now, like having some different tools of what 
real self-care looks like and, um, you know, having the perspective that you are worthy of that care versus, you know, feeling too much shame or guilt. Like how do we in this long extended season of feeling like we're in survival mode, apply that to our life? How do we, how do we get out? Not necessarily like we don't always have to get out of survival mode, but like, how do we, instead of just like living in that, like endlessly, how can we change our mindset and start changing some of those things? So even though whatever the world's circumstances are around us, whatever like people's opinions are around us, how do we kind of shift our mindset from survival mode, like using some of those self-care tactics that you have learned to, to get us to the place and living a life that God actually wants us to live? Mm-hmm. I think that before we can even allow ourselves to take care of ourselves, we need to unlearn the lie that we aren't worthy of it. I think that for so long, I struggled with taking care of myself because one, I didn't know what that looked like. And two, I felt like I was undeserving of it. I had to work so hard to receive that. And lately I've been clinging to and remembering grace, God's grace. His grace isn't given to us when we worked hard for something. His grace isn't given to us when we made the right choice. He gives us grace and he is longing to love on us and to give us grace, even when we mess up, even when things are in things are we're in the midst of unknown. And I think that during this time, especially walking through a pandemic, um, the biggest thing that I have been leaning onto is giving yourself grace and being kind and gentle to yourself we don't know and we're not expected we're not expected to know how to navigate through a pandemic mm-hmm. <laughs> like i think that at first i was just like okay we're going to do this we're going to do that we're schedule this and then i would go on like social media and people have all these things to do while you're going through a pandemic and i'm like wait you don't even know what we're like you don't even know what's going on like i think that we have to remove ourselves from a survival mindset and move into a space where it's a grace mindset, where it's day by day, where we are not thinking about, okay, what's going to happen three months from now? Is the pandemic going to keep on going? The thing is that we don't know, and there's always going to be something going on. I think that yes, as a collective, we're all experiencing a pandemic, but within our homes, there's always something that we're working through. Mm -hmm. And if we continue to function in survival mode, that's all we're going to know. And a lot of times it'll keep us from living. It'll keep us from fully being present because we are so focused on surviving. And honestly, it reminds me of one of my appointments that I had with my uh, holistic doctor And I was telling her like, you know, she, she was looking and, um, we were talking about things and she was just saying like, girl, like you are hurting yourself because you are functioning in stress. Like you are, 
responding to things and stress and you are getting yourself sick. Mm-hmm. Like you, you could be, you could be doing so much better, but the thing is that you are allowing all these anxious thoughts to like rule over you. And God has never called us to do that. And I think that when we are on survival mode, we are not trusting his goodness and we are not trusting him. And I know that that may sound kind of harsh, but um, I'm learning that. I am not expected to be perfect. I am not expected to always trust in his goodness. There's moments where I'm in doubt, but even during those moments, remember that our faith doesn't always have to be so big when we are walking through the waters of unknown. It can be the size of a mustard seed and we would still be able to cling onto the hope and the truth that despite what it looks like, all things work together for our good. And I would say like, for those of us who are on survival mode right now, holding on to a truth every day, hold on to a truth, hold on to a word of the day that is going to keep you moving. And if your body is telling you to rest, allow yourself to rest and don't guilt yourself for resting. If you don't check off the things off your box, it's okay if you don't. You don't have to do everything all at once. If you don't know and your kids are asking you, mom, what is going on? You can be you can be honest with them and tell them we're walking through this and we don't know. We're taking it one day at a time. Give yourself grace. Be kind to yourself. Be gentle to yourself. And even in the midst of this, we can still choose joy. We can still choose to make the most out of every opportunity. And it's so funny because before the year started, I created my vision board and I was like, that's going to be my first of the year. It's going to be to make the most out of every opportunity. (laughs) And let me tell you, (laughs) (laughs) you've had some challenges. It has been a year. Yeah. It has been a year and there's been lots of days where I do not make the most out of every opportunity, but I'm trying Yeah, and we can give ourselves grace, give ourselves grace for trying. I don't think it sounds harsh when you say that. I feel like there's always, we're always, there's going to be instances where we're in survival mode. I feel like it's more like sitting in that and dwelling in that place versus you know, when you feel the time is up or when you feel God saying, all right, kind of nudge you along, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, there's going to be times when we we feel things very heavily and I think that's okay. It's just a matter of like forward motion, um, even if it's the tiniest little bit, I feel like is healthy to, to, I love what you said, to not operate out of that place, you know, on a full-time basis because that's not um, what he's called us to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are some things that you do? Um, I know every day is different and caring for ourselves looks different. It's not about mani pedis. Those are nice. Um, <laughs> my friend Marie Osborne, um, she was on episode four way back in the beginning of We Are Free. She talked about um, finding rest in the midst of chaos and like it's a little similar how we're talking like self-care is not necessarily getting a pedicure, but like resting in Jesus and it looks different every day. So what are some things that you do, um, 
that that help you process, that help you take care of yourself? Do you think we need money? Do you think we need extra money? Do you think you need a budget for this? Or is this work you can do at home? <laughs> this is definitely work you can do at home. Uh-huh. And I think that we are learning this even in the midst of a pandemic. Um, as well, businesses are now starting to open up, but even while they were closed, we were still, we can still be so innovative and find different ways to care for ourselves. I will say one of the things I picked up was running. Um, I hated running. (laughs) I mean, I always like, I just didn't like it. I couldn't run for such, and really it was because I couldn't run for a long time, or at least I thought. Um, so as we heard about um, Ahmad, that was the first time that I ran mm. two miles. I ran remembering him and how he was murdered. And during that time, even while I was running, I it was weird. It was like, you know, like this isn't that bad. Running isn't that bad. And I felt like I was honoring him every time I ran. Mm -hmm. Um, But I still had this hate, love, hate relationship (laughs) with running. Um, But I began running weekly and I'm running like up to four miles now. And it's really only been like two and a half months, but um, I'm running and I'm finding so much joy in that, especially when I do it first thing in the morning. I'll like wake up and I'll stretch before like my husband and my daughter are awake and I go for my run and I'm ready to get the day started um, when I'm getting active. So definitely getting active would be one thing, like whether it's running, if you don't like running, going outside for a walk and um, maybe bringing out a sketchbook and drawing some of the things that you see and writing about some of the things that you see and how it makes you feel. That's another thing I love being able to do. If like Jay, Aria and I are going for a walk, I'll take my notebook with me and I'll sketch, like I'll quickly sketch something or I'll write some of the things that I am. um, I feel like I'm getting through like just being outside. Uh, So definitely getting outside, getting some fresh air. Another thing I do is I make, Uh, One of the things that my friend recommended, and this was way before, uh, it was probably like two years ago. She encouraged me to have a self-care alarm clock. Ooh, I like this. So at 1130, my alarm clock goes on, goes off, and it's my reminder to take care of myself. So I reheat the coffee that I've been reheating for like the past (laughs) couple hours, Mm -hmm. and I'll actually like go outside or sit down and just drink my coffee, like with complete silence. Um, or I'll pull out my journal and I'll just start writing. Um, or I'll pull out a book, uh, typically like a poetry book, or if I'm reading, like if I'm reading something, like I'll read a chapter of a book, I'll just sit down and I'll like drink something warm and I'll just bask in during that time, like just bask in what I'm doing and not worry about my to-do list or anything like that. I'm just like, okay, it's time for me to replenish Mm -hmm. just how we have to charge our phones when they're running on low. We do that for ourselves and 
We all charge our phones every day, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) (laughs) We're very concerned about that. We're very concerned about making sure our phone is on. So So we need to do the same thing for ourselves. Mm -hmm. We need to plug in. And one of the things that keeps me accountable is my self-care planner. I open that up every morning and I just write down how I'm going to take care of myself that day. So it changes every day, but really anything that's going to keep me active and also something that's going to promote slow and ease. Yeah. Um, So I love that so much. And I can totally, I second that. Like for me, like exercise and not for the sake of like looking better or, you know, losing weight or whatever, but like for the sake of like moving your body and endorphins, like game changer for me, for sure. Yeah. Um, and I love what you said about like having a journal. It's like what you're really saying is like appreciating what's around you and seeing like how those things affect you and like looking for beauty out in the world. And I feel like that in yeah. itself is a creative um, expression. And I also feel like it's a, it's a, uh, aspect of worship. Like by doing that, I feel like we are like acknowledging what God is doing and who he is and what he's created. And I think that that, like when you have that communication line and that um, intentionality toward that relationship with him, like, of course, we're going to feel uplifted because we're we're in some sort of communication with him, which is, you know, what he wants. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, Josefina, tell me what rewards you've experienced, um, since kind of shifting your mindset since three years ago, feeling shame and guilt for taking the time or or to even believe that you are worthy of taking care of yourself in a really, really good way. Um, what have you experienced in your life since, um, acting on these things and, and changing your mindset on those things? I would say that I've found more, a newfound freedom um, with my journey. I feel like God has definitely brought clarity on my purpose. Like he is showing me that he has created me to be an artist for a reason. And He's given me more confidence in actually pursuing that as a career, despite, you know, what I thought I knew when I was younger. Um, I've also gained such a supportive community and I've also, I feel like in this journey, I have seen myself worthy enough to receive healing and not just not just healing really physically but more um in some of the trauma that I've experienced in my past and some of the trauma that we are currently like going through being able to take care of myself and learn how to take care of myself is teaching me it's okay. Like whatever it is that you walk through right now, like God is with me and he's using every piece of that to bring glory to him 
but to also bring healing in my life. And I feel like the, the best thing that's ever happened to me, despite experiencing such a traumatic loss has been learning how to live with intention after experiencing such a hard traumatic experience. Um, So yeah, God has definitely brought much more clarity in what I do. Mm -hmm. I've gained so much more freedom in creating and feeling purposeful with it. And I've received much grace in the journey with support around me as well as um, just feeling supported with everything that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I always ask people, uh, guests, what you feel God has set you free from, but I think you maybe just answered that. <laughs> um, <laughs> is there anything else that you feel just free from um, through after, you know, not after, your, it's a current journey, but as you're going through all this? Um, I think lately, I wouldn't say he's completely set me Mm -hmm. free from it, but I would say that it's still in the process of finding my identity or my value through the things I've struggled with or the things I've overcome. I think that for so long, that was where I found my identity in. Oh, like this is how I was brought up. Oh, we were pretty broke. So this is, you know, this is my identity or my identity lies heavy on what I do. I'm a calligrapher. I do this. I do that. But I think that lately the biggest thing I have been learning is that I am valuable and worthy with or without, with or without the recognition, with or without the gift of speaking words um, that promote healing and in whatever journey that we are in. I am worthy whether, you know, I get a position or not. I am worthy whether I am featured or not. I am worthy whether I place or whether I get that grant or, you know, whether my business is is flourishing or not. Like I am still worthy mm-hmm. and I am worthy despite Uh, my skin color, despite my voice being amplified, despite my work being amplified, I am worthy because God created me and he didn't second guess any part of my physical self when he was creating me. He saw it as perfect. And I think that lately, especially with the uprising that we have been having there's parts of me that question my worth or, you know, am I being recognized just because Mm -hmm. of that? But God is reminding me in his grace and through his sovereignty that like, you know, like whether or not you're being amplified, I've always seen you. I've always seen your value. I've always seen you as beautiful. And I've always, um, I never gasped when you finally started pursuing what you love, because I knew that that was what I called you to do. So being able to find my identity through him instead of through what I do has been something that I'm currently finding freedom in. That is powerful. Thank you for sharing all that, Josefina. And thank you for being so honest about it. Um, I think we all need to 
hear stuff like that. Um, so just thank you for sharing all of that. Um, I know I mentioned at the beginning, uh, your Instagram, is that the best place for people to follow along and see what you're up to and read these beautiful words you're writing? Yes, that is. I also have a blog that I'm starting to share more on. So if you want to read more, you can definitely check out the blog too. Okay. So tell me again, the Instagram and then the blog as well. Instagram is love offering. Um, and my website is loveoffering.co. Perfect. Thank you so much. Um, just for sharing your journey and the light, um, that, that you're experiencing and the goodness you're experiencing because of the work, the hard work that you're doing and just how God is moving in your life. Um, I know I was convicted about seven times throughout this episode <laughs> of different things in a really good way. So I think um, others will also be able to take away so much. Uh, thanks so much, Josefina. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Again, don't forget to check out the show notes where we have all of the info and links and resources we talked about in the show. You can go to beckymorquecho.com, B-E-C-K-Y-M-O-R-Q-U-E-C-H-O.com. Thanks for listening in. 